Hi, Gibby. Hi, you are listening to Gibby's Guide, the podcast, episode two. Gazing at Ben's liquid crystals and other trippy stuff. Ben Utram is the UK-based developer of Squingle, a psychedelic puzzler where you guide revolving orbs through iridescent tubes to a trance and ambient dub soundtrack. started a uh, VR games studio called Squingle Studios, which um, has recently published a game Squingle. But my background's actually in physics. So I did physics undergrad and then I did a PhD in um, sort of liquid crystal display engineering in Oxford. And, uh, and then I spent some time in Japan and learned Japanese and spent some time at a university there doing a postdoc um, and that's where I kind of made the switch to virtual reality. I saw that you posted some amazing images of liquid crystals. I had no idea they were so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, liquid crystals are uh, absolutely fascinating. They're really interesting. And like, I had no idea when I started that how interesting they are, not just from um, a visual perspective. Like they're very trippy looking, beautiful structures under a microscope. Um, they kind of melt and writhe around. And as you melt them, they change their structures and they have multiple different structures they can they can form and you see this sort of dance of nature self-creating these microstructures on under your eyes like you know as you heat and cool these things under a microscope and you can just sit there in hours for hours and it looks like you're working but actually you're just getting completely mesmerized by these phase shifting liquid crystals And then since then, with this current project, um, Squingle, a lot of the environments in Squingle and the textures on the Squingles themselves, the puzzles, are used the liquid crystal f f photography directly or, or, or derived from the liquid crystal photography. So there's a huge liquid crystal theme through the entire game. And all the colors are also sampled from liquid crystal photos directly. So all, every single colour in there has been sampled from a liquid crystal photo. So, so yeah, it was a meditation teacher told me this, that um, because during meditation, when you get really concentrated, um, you know, I guess it's an open secret, but things start to, can start to happen, you know, like people develop, you know, quite joyful experiences or, or peace. And, and part of the, 
one of the one of the problems uh, going up this path of meditation is that if people experience a bit of joy in their meditation practice, then that can be a problem. Well, I mean, it's that's a it's a wonderful thing, obviously, but if you get really a, sort of addicted to the joy, then that can become an obstacle to to sort of progress. But at the same time, you know, it's okay to like dabble a little bit in the joy. So it's a bit like that, you know. Um, and some a meditation teacher told me that it's a bit like, you know, when you're going up a mountain, um, you've got your eye on the top of the mountain, but sometimes there's like nice things to look at on the way up. But you should just don't get, don't stop by the flowers and the lizards and get too distracted and stay there forever. Because you know you need to ultimately need to pass by those things and continue your journey up the mountain. So, um, so, and I just thought that was such a funny, interesting metaphor and image <laughs> that uh, the the goddess character in Squingle uh, says that to you. <laughs> What I like about Squingle is that you don't pull any punches about being an out-and-out psychedelic experience, uh, spiritual to the fore, and it's something you would rarely get in a game, and it seems it's really resonated with the audience. I think it's resonated with, with, with one audience, like people that play it seem to really, really love the game, and we've had like a phenomenal response. The large majority of them were written reviews and people were saying really, you know, superlative things about the game, really nice things. And obviously as the developer of the game, it goes straight to my ego, which is completely counter to <laughs> the philosophy of it. But um, obviously it's really nice to read those things. And I'm really happy that this kind of content and this kind of message is, is is playing out that way. Uh, although they're quite enthusiastic, they're very small and niche. It's so definitely not mass market appeal for a VR game. Yeah, you must have realised that you were pretty much coming in from left field, right? Yeah, and you know I'm completely comfortable with that. You know, I never set out to like right. earn a living with it. Although, you know, if it does earn a living, then that's going to mean I can justify doing the next project kind of thing. And is Squingle your, it's your first release, right? Um, it's my first and most ambitious release as a game. Um, but I've had a few other things like there's um, something called Crystal Vibes, which was a very psychedelic music visualizer in VR. It converts sound frequencies into into light frequencies. So it takes like the sound spectrum of the music and then it maps it to a visual spectrum of light. If that sound spectrum was actually light, what color would it be to the human eye? What would it look like? Yeah. And then you can play that, display that in a virtual reality, for example. So while you're listening to the music, you're also getting this kind of visual 
correspondence of sound to your eyes and then creates this quite immersive experience in sound visualization. And quite an unusual way to visualize sound because most sound visualizers use quite different techniques than but mainly looking at the beats a minute and creating their own geometries from the sound uh, or not from the sound just yeah. to display the waveform on or something whereas this is a bit more a bit, bit more sort of based on the human sense science of the human senses and things it's quite an interesting project and then having that in virtual reality and combined with the haptic suit and this kind of side dub it was quite nice compelling piece i thought that we had uh, to present There's uh, a really fascinating film. I don't know if you've seen it. That's in the guide. I'm just trying to find it so I can just give you the uh, Edvard Munch's The Sun. Have you watched that film? No, no, I've never heard of it. It uses the frequencies of sounds and chromas that cut to white, so your brain becomes starved of simulation and imprints the opposites on the blank canvas. So it uses uh, almost hallucinations of, of, of colours, but the colours are matched by a tone which is the the audio representation of the sound it's really intense and it's trying to recreate the mind of the artist Edvard Munch and what he managed to create with one of his famous paintings Le Soleil the Sun it's uh, wow. definitely worth a watch Tell me a little bit about the music compositions in Squingle. The sound design is gorgeous. The music is all done by um, a good friend and amazing uh, artist, I would say, called Kai Jones. So you can find him at Kai Jones Audio. Um, is that Kai? Um, K-I? No, C-A-I-J-O-N-E-S, yeah. Kai Jones had different ideas. He was sort of going for a more watery, underwatery sort of sound with some of the sound effects mm. and things. I kind of went with that and the sort of nice, calm, trancey sort of music that's, uh, he just really got it. found was actually it was really nice to start off the game without any kind of thumping music or anything and just have that ambient track um, and so what happens is like every time you finish five levels it adds another layer of the, the music another stem to the, the mix so you start off just with the ambient and then as you go and it kind of works with the theme of of building and development and you know this idea that you're helping create the universe through solving these topological puzzles and cosmology is moving forwards and evolution is moving forwards and transcendence is moving forwards and so there's this kind of development 
and that's reflected in the uh, development of the music over time. And so you get the ambient first and then you get some drums and then you get some bass on levels 10 to 15 and then the final five levels you get the the sort of the lead and the vo or vocals or whatever it is in the song. Do you want to be uh, open about psych psychedelic drug use or not? Um, yeah, can be. Yeah. No problem. Have you gone DMT routes or where, where have you gone in that world and how has it informed uh, the, the attempt? You know the film Ayahuasca by that fantastic uh, uh, Jan Komen? Yeah, the VR experience. I've 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 played that, and yeah, blew my mind. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, incredible. Same here. I think absolutely fantastic. And VR. That's the first time I've the best representation of a hallucinogenic experience in any media that I've ever seen. I think it's just genius. How does your journey uh, within the food of the gods? lead into informing your yeah, what you're trying to do in VR I guess that's the question yeah I mean I guess I would say that I'm someone who's very interested in psychedelics as a field and you know in terms of personal experience interest in physics and cosmology and the universe and the philosophy and things like lucid dreaming and other kinds of altered states of consciousness. Meditation obviously uh, comes under that category. Mm. Um, and psychedelics is just part of that, I guess. Um, to be honest, these days I'm kind of, I would say, uh, quite a non-user of psychedelics. Like I'm kind of scared of psychedelics. <laughs> um, Snap. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but uh, nonetheless, I think you know, I'm extremely happy that psychedelics exist, and I'm I'm happy to have been fortunate enough to have many, many, like, very positive experiences with with psychedelic drugs. Um, so, you know, obviously, there's a huge influence. Like, part of that interest in psychedelics has then overflowed into these other areas, and maybe like I wouldn't have ever been interested in meditation, possibly, or Buddhist philosophy as deeply as I am if it weren't for sort of the explorations with psychedelics. And um, I'm particularly interested in the DMT experience and how they relate to meditation. But I don't know, I don't really do those things, certainly not on a recreational basis anymore. And I don't really uh, advocate them to people. character in in Squingle is kind of 
inspired by, well, a variety of things, but she's um, to some extent a bit inspired by Terence McKenna's descriptions of DMT experiences. Because mm. I don't really have, I, to be honest, I'm a bit, I'm a bit scared to take DMT, so I don't really have very much experience on, like, personal experience with DMT L's and DMT entities and things like that. But I've, I'm super fascinated by like reports of those things. Um, so, you know, there's like DMT, the spirit molecule, that book is very famous and Terence McKenna's um, very creative language and presentations yeah. and book. Food of the Gods was a real influence on me. Amazing book. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like, like, he's completely nuts, but he's also really interesting speaker. <laughs> and uh in and perspective on you know, society and drugs and everything so well, i love his not... descriptions of the self-transforming machine elves and like <laughs> the, the, the experience of like being introduced to those and so there's even a couple of secret easter egg quotes from terence mckenna in the game i think if if i'm not wrong because it's been 20 years since i've read his food of the gods but um i think that was the first time he introduced the concept to me of techno primate and it's a world that we're moving towards pretty fast where he introduced the idea of collective consciousness where we don't use machines anymore vr or computers or anything and we are instantly connected interconnected with each other which has happened and we communicate with each other through visuals on the inner eyelid and when he takes that to to the nth degree we basically become at one with nature because we don't need to speak anymore we don't need to write anymore we don't need to communicate videos audio or anything else it's instantaneous collective consciousness that's i think that's where we was driving towards anyway i'm ram i'm rambling mm. <laughs> but i no, find it very very interesting i mean i'm i'm i've got a lot of time for these kinds of ideas because i guess you know, I've been working in media technology for a while and obviously thinking about all these philosophical ideas and thinking about Buddhism and, um, and technology and like massive fan of like films like The Matrix. Mm. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I like to think of media technology as an all encompassing thing. The universe is media technology. Um, first, in its development of of conscious entities um, or loci of sort of intellect and com or information communication and then in the the evolution of things like language i mean language itself is one of the earliest media technologies kind of thing it's about communicating stories mm. and information to each other and then you've got you know this is an oft told story but you've got the printing press that came along and suddenly we and writing and reading and writing we could externalize those thoughts and and stories and they can be read and disseminated and transferred and popularized and suddenly you can create whole nations which follow a single idea from a single yeah. book or something like that and your printing press could create billions of copies of, of books and then you've got yeah, more recently in the 20th century, you've got electronic means of communications and telephone, telecommunications, fax machines, television, and now with internet. And we're, the, the, 
Well, the thing, the trend is for and every time there's a new media technology, there's an increase in the quantity and diversity and speed of information transfer between nodes and the an increase in the uh, information processing as well. So, you know, and that trend, I think it's safe to predict that it will continue and probably at an accelerating rate. I mean, if you graph those events that I've mentioned, these inventions on, on a piece of paper, it's very non-linear, like language was invented way before the printing press and that was invented you know a sh shorter distance before telecommunications and then now with the internet you've got internet one internet two internet three <laughs> so you've got this and we've got now other technologies like ai and stuff where a lot of that information processing not just communications going through media technologies like video and film but uh data processing our thinking is now being externalized in our technologies like navigation and planning and ai computer vision um search just getting bits useful stuff out of the information that's out there already um and when you think about us as loci of processing our brains and we talk with and elon musk talks about this quite a lot that the bandwidth between individuals is limited by our ability to speak mm -hmm. right whereas the bandwidth between the two halves of our brain is governed by i don't know the speed of electricity through neurons that go through between the brains and um that's so fast and so integrated that it makes us feel like we are a single entity even though you know if you separate the two halves of the brain in people that have you know seizure problems or something then we've seen from studies that they they kind of act for all intents and purposes as if they're two self-conscious individuals almost two separate people and uh, so it's just our matter of identity ultimately is tied very much to the, the loci of information processing and the bandwidth mm -hmm. limitations between those loci and if you dissolve that bandwidth and so that we've got super fast telecommunications through reading our brains and being able to transfer and read each other's minds through technology, then, you know, it's conceivable that the, our identity will change and we don't, we no longer identify as separate individuals, we identify as a single individual. In essence, uh, it's what I call God is the collective consciousness. I think that is what God is. I don't believe it's an external uh, entity. I think what humankind tries to describe as God is collective consciousness. Um, we are God, in other words. Um, the other thing is, I was going to ask you, because I always ask people that I interview the final question, but seeing as you've touched on it, um, why do you do what you do? And I think you've kind of just said why you do what you do. <laughs> You're trying to be part of that conversation and, and move the, those ideas forward. 
I feel like my, my work on Squingle, I like to sort of have this lofty idea that um, somehow I'm contributing to the, the process of this cosmological process of going from from sort of no consciousness to some sort of culmination of whatever the universe has to offer in terms of consciousness or even what's post-consciousness who knows what whether consciousness is where the buck stops or whether where it ends um it's a lot of fun to make vr stuff it's a lot of fun to solve technical problems and to be creative in using technologies um mm. it's a lot of fun to create things that people enjoy and it's a lot of fun to communicate these kinds of ideas it's i guess it's a form of self-actualization Yeah, I guess it's, you know, it's one of those things like they say, you know, once you've got a message, hang up the phone. But I think that it's not just about hanging up the phone. It's then about, I don't know, encouraging other people to pick up the phone. <laughs> um, and by no means, uh, <laughs> by no means do I think that I've like, you know, got the, I might have got the message, but I've certainly not embodied it into my life. <laughs> Um, I don't sit from some sort of high, like special spiritual place or anything. Like I'm definitely, you know, my conscience has a lot of like dirt on it. <laughs> it's like everyone else. So I don't want people to come away thinking like that, but, um, but yeah, I feel like there is something there to explore and it's, I'm working on it through my whole life as well, but, and it's part of my mission to try and improve that aspect of myself but also it's fun to communicate a little bit it's not just about spiritual development but it's also about developing awe and curiosity about the nature of the world and about the nature of oneself and the nature of consciousness and yeah i think this game brings all of those things that i'm interested in together in one place The theme tune to this podcast was made by the genius that is Jonathan Crawford, who composed and recorded it in VR using the app he himself created, Virtuoso. Thanks to Ben for his time and for an amazing game. Squingle's available on App Lab for $15 and you can also download a demo, one of 132 free quality experiences featured in my latest guide. You can download it now, just search for Gibby's Guide. And as ever, the last word goes to my friend, Guilherme. Virtual reality is a fucking amazing experience. <laughs>